Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, we are off the edge. I'm Jake Ellenbogen. He is Cameron Lynch. And today we are going to continue on with our series. We're going to be moving on to the tight end position and ranking our top 10 there. Um, but, you know, we'll get into it. The usual, Cam, we'll talk about the honorable mentions. We'll give some guys some love that didn't quite make our top 10. And yeah. we'll have a nice uh, little conversation about who's the best in the game at yeah. the inline and in some cases, guys that split out wide, guys that are big slots. So it should yeah. be fun. It, honorable mentions. People people have to pay attention to the honorable mentions, right? I think DeAndre Hopkins was in our honorable mentions for wide receivers. And I think he ended up getting cut like right when we released the episode. And people were like, why the heck is he not in your top 10? And I think you talked about it. You were like, oh, I don't know where I stand with D Hop, you know? So people have to pay attention to honorable mentions. Um, there's a lot of guys, you know, we talk about Mike Evans, right? There's a lot of guys that aren't on our list, but we're going to discuss them throughout the episode. So listen closely, y'all. Listen closely. <laughs> Absolutely. So with that said, we'll get right into it. Bet online, just so you know, is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet online is your sports Intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball, MLB, NHL, golf to UFC and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code believe to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts so cam we're gonna start with the honorable mentions here um you know i got a few of them i think that this one i really came close to putting 10 even nine at one point it's evan ingram for the jacksonville jaguars he might even be in your top 10 i mean he is a really good player and he's gotten better as a blocker he was really good as a receiver, really key for Trevor Lawrence and just what he was able to do down the stretch. He's the reason why like I have him there uh, and really close to putting him in the top 10. Then after that, I had Dalton Schultz, who is now with the Texans. I thought he really offered a nice safety net for Dak Prescott, but apparently the Cowboys didn't feel like they needed him anymore. So he moves on to Houston. He'll be a nice safety net for the young CJ Stroud. And then you look over at Cole Komet, just what he's been able to do and how he's, you know, continued to develop with Justin Fields. It'll be fun to see those two grow together because I think last year he really found his stride. And then Dawson Knox. I know you go out and you add Dalton Kincaid, you know, in Buffalo. And for a lot of reasons, Dalton Kincaid will probably have a better season statistically than Dawson Knox. But what it comes down to is Knox is a red zone threat. He's a specialist in the red zone. He's a guy when Josh Allen needs a touchdown and he's in the red zone and he's surveying everywhere, he's going to look towards Dawson Knox. So, you know, I think those are really the honorable mentions I wanted to throw out there. I'm sure I'm missing some and you could argue Gerald Everett and what he's doing over uh, in LA with the chargers. Now, um, you know, he could be on the list this year, but those are the guys that I had. I like it, Jake. And uh, a couple of other honorable mentions. People pay attention now, but David Njoku, Jake, I, I, I saw his tape from, was it 2021 to 2022? It's like night and day. I think it is very green, very green athlete. I think he's one of those players where he can run fast, he can jump high. He's just a football player. And I think now you're, you're seeing a professional football player, Jake. I think you're seeing a more 
fine-tuned athlete, I think, a weapon for the for the end zone. A lot of times now with David, you see those 50-50 balls. He's coming down with them. I think you see in the way he runs, Jake, just his running form. He looks more like an athlete now, more like a fine-tuned athlete. So David Njoku, he's on my honorable mention. I think he can easily jump up and 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 get on this top 10 list for sure. Uh, Jagosium and Okwankwo, uh, Jake, for, for the Titans as well. I know the Titans loaded up in the draft this year, but I, I do believe Okwankwo. Um, I like him a is, lot. Yeah, he, he's a red zone problem, Jake. That's one of my notes I have for him, just – Problem in the red zone, red zone problem. He can go up and get that football. Um, I, I saw, I looked at some of the tape against the Colts, Jake. He had his way against against the Colts. If people go back and watch that tape against the Colts, he was doing anything and everything he wanted to. Um, as unfortunate as Zaire Franklin, I played with Zaire at Syracuse. He's one of my my young guys. Aquanqua was going up top on him. You know those one on one those one on one matchups. He's winning those. And as linebackers, it's kind of tough because you get paid to stop guys like that. And I think. Aquanco, he's able to really just expose people in that one-on-one space. I think he's more strong than he is. He is fast, Jake. He's not looking to blaze, but I think he's looking to run over a couple people and take a couple people with him. So I, I see his his strength there, Jake. Those are my two honorable mentions. I'll keep them tight right there. I'll keep them tight because we can go all day about the tight ends, but um, I, I like those two as my honorable mentions so far. You certainly could. Noah Fan of Seattle, I think, is someone you could have mentioned as well. So definitely there are a lot of guys, right? I, I want to just uh, real quick with Chiga Conquo. Um, loved him coming out of the draft. Felt like he was somebody coming out of Maryland that, you know, was the closest to what you see with, um, you know, Juice, you know, uh, use check. You know, I think when you look at the way use check is utilized, like that's how they, they want to use a Conquo. What I was really impressed with was his ability to really destroy defenses uh, with that seam buster. You know what he was able to do up the seam. Um, he's just a threat, man. You know, he yeah. could have no catches all game. He could barely be on the field. And then he comes out 56 yard touchdown. You're like, where, yeah. what? Like, you know, so I'm, I'm excited for his future. I think he was a fifth round pick. So you love to see that. So let's get into it. Uh, my number 10, I got Tyler Higby of the yeah. LA Rams. You and I have both talked about it. This guy does not get enough love. He probably should be maybe a spot higher, but you'll understand why I didn't put him there. But yeah, I really like Tyler Higby and what he's done with the Rams, the consistency he's shown. He has this injury prone label for whatever reason, Cam, we've already hashed this over on believe in Rams. He's not injury prone. The guy played every single game last year. Uh, you know, it's his second most, uh, you know, receiving, um, you know, output in his career last year. So he's number 10, number nine. You mentioned he should be in the top 10. I got David and Joku. Okay. I loved his yeah. tape. He's somebody that came alive. You know, it was really surprising. The, the Browns, you know, for lack of a better term have been very dysfunctional, uh, in how they've built their team over the years. So I was not expecting a guy that he spent a first round pick on and David Njoku uh, to, you know, stay. And that's just the way they've been, right? Like there's all sorts of guys, Justin Gilbert, Johnny Manziel, guys have just not worked out and they moved on from them. Well, David Njoku, here he is, you know, they, they've stuck by him. He's not a guy I expected. I was a little surprised. And you see just like you said, night and day as a blocker, um, you know, honestly, what he could do as a receiver, not really shocking to me, but it's the blocking aspect of his game. He has a chance to be very good. I think he's just touching uh, just the the level of how good he can be. Number eight, I had Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I mean, now that you have Darnell Washington with him, that's going to be a problem in itself. But Fryermuth is another guy, red zone efficient. You can throw it up to him. He's going to go up and get it. Good inline blocker can be flexed out wide. Kenny Pickett has himself a dog. So he's number eight. Number seven, Darren Waller. Okay. We might've forgotten about him because he hasn't really done much since the injuries, but Darren Waller is heading over with Daniel Jones in that Giants offense. Brian Dable is going to have a plan of attack for him. I'm excited to see what Darren Waller does this year. I have him at number seven. Number yeah. six, Dallas Goddard, right? Yeah, I love it, Jake. Dallas, I love it. He, yeah. He's he's a baller. He's a baller. And I, real quick, before you jump to Dallas Goddard, um, I want to jump back to Darren Waller. Yeah. Um, I want to jump back to Darren Waller. So I have him as my number nine on the list here. Um, just we talk about the ability to make plays. The fact that the Giants picked him up. That's that's next level, you know, coming from the Raiders, going to the Giants. He got paid the bag and he he deserves that. Um, we talk about a tight end that looks more like a wide receiver. Uh, Darren Waller would be that guy. He can run. Um, he can jump and he can do it all, Jake. And then I'm going to go to my number 10 really quick. Um, Dalton Schultz, uh, right from the going from the Cowboys to the Texans. He got paid that nine mil. So he's going to see a lot of that money, which is nice. Um, one person, one thing, one note I have for him is he's a great blocker in open space, right? You get Dalton Schultz in open space, he's going to put some hands on some 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 quarterbacks, some DBs, and spring open some running backs. So Dalton Schultz going to the Texans, that's going to be a good move there. But um, going back to your pick, Jake, uh, with Dallas Goddard, that's a good one there. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because, you know, I had Schultz, honorable mention, and you had him in your list. And then, you know, you had Njoku, I had him in my list. So one of those cool little things there. Guys, we don't know ahead of time who's going to be on the list. So, you know, that's something to keep in mind. <laughs> but number six is Goddard. And honestly, he could have been five. He's definitely top five worthy. Um, I thought the emergence Goddard had when he came into the league, it helped. Don't get me wrong. It helped playing in big games. It helped having a quarterback that relied on him and it helped being around Zach Ertz, but you can't take anything away from what he is right now. Okay. He is one of the best tight ends in football from a blocking standpoint, from a receiving standpoint, good route runner yards after the catch. He's got, you know, Jalen hurts, you know, makes his life a little bit easier too. Jalen hurts great quarterback, (laughs) but it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Dallas Goddard. I have him at six, number five, might be a little too high for some people, but I think it's justified. This guy almost had a thousand yards. TJ Hawkinson. He gets traded away from the Lions. Really bizarre, rare, inter, uh, intra-divisional trade that you just don't see. You definitely don't see in the middle of the season, no less, when, you know, the Lions were still in the playoff race and they trade him to their division rival Vikings. And it, I think it really helped the Vikings out. It gave them more spacing, uh, you know, in the receiving room. You know, I think when you look at Justin Jefferson and then the emergence of KJ Osborne, you had Thielen at the time, and then you add, you know, a guy like Hawkinson in there. Um, I think it made a world of difference, especially with Irv Smith, who they were really excited about going down with an injury. So uh, Hawkinson is five, almost had a thousand yards last year. Then you look at Kyle Pitts at four. I know the pushback is going to come. Kyle Pitts had a down year. (laughs) Kyle Pitts cost me my fantasy team. I drafted Kyle Pitts in the second round. I don't give a damn. Kyle Pitts is a very, very, very talented pass catcher. At the very least, pass catcher. You don't want to say he's a tight end. Fine. I don't care. He is a tight end, but we'll, we'll go with that. He's going to be okay. All right. I'm not worried about his down year. He had a great rookie year as advertised playing one of the hardest positions to contribute early on. He's number four for me. And I think he's really going to take a severe step forward. Mark Andrews, number three. We know. No, I like that. You know, Lamar Jackson, 
obviously him and Mark Andrews have, you know, a serious connection there. Andrews has been a model of consistency for Lamar. As long as he stays healthy, the guy, when he's on the field, he contributes and that's what you want there. He's not, he's a beast. My man looks like, he looks like the mountain right from game of Thrones. You see the arms and it's like, (laughs) all right, dude, like you're, you know, Hey, we got to make sure you got to do the the P test and make sure you're not juicing up. But no, Mark Andrews is absolute beast. Jake. And I kind of want to, I kind of want to drop down a little bit. I want to jump in while you're giving your list and kind of splash my mind in as well. But I want to go back to Zach Ertz. I think you talked about, um, you talk about someone Dallas Dallas Goddard working with Zach Ertz and someone that he can tighten his um, uh, sharpen his, his toolkit with um, Zach Ertz, Jake, he's getting a little bit older, Jake, right. Getting kind of on the back end of his career, but he's still premium, right? You talk about uh, the Aaron Rodgers, right. Being on our quarterback list, Aaron Rodgers might not have had the best season last year, but beforehand he had MVP seasons. Same thing with Zach Ertz, right. Going, coming from the Eagles, having that championship run and then going to the Cardinals, it's, it's just a little unfortunate, right? He's with the Cardinals now. Uh, but, you know, yeah, he's a great quarterback to throw the football to him. Um, and I think that's really important. Zach Ertz always going to be a staple, I think, in the tight end space at, while he's playing. I think that's important. And then, Jake, I want to jump up to my number seven really quick, uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, Evan Ingram, I, I watched the tape with Evan Ingram, Jake. Um, he's, he's one of the tight ends that the best defensive back on the team has to cover, right? You talk about Evan Ingram going to the Jags, the best defensive back needs to cover this guy. Um, I went back to the tape against the Colts and, uh, and Gilmore. I mean, Ingram had his way with Gilmore. Gilmore is, I would say, probably a Hall of Famer, Jake. I mean, Ingram was stiff-arming him to the ground, uh, beating him on routes. And I know the Colts, they had a tough year. I know Ingram got traded to the Cowboys. I mean, sorry, um, Gilmore got traded to the Cowboys, but – they, they were going through, the Colts were going through it, and I think Ingram, he took advantage of it. You can see it all over the tape. I mean, him just really pile-driving uh, at a Hall of Fame cornerback uh, there. And then, like you said, going back to Kyle Pitts, Jake, he's one of the more explosive tight ends, I think, that that are in this, uh, that are in the NFL. You say he's more of a receiver? I think so, too. I mean, he has a high floor, I think, and a high ceiling, and he makes contested catches like no one, no one's business. So I know you're about to jump up to your, your number two and number one, Jake, but I wanted to jump in and kind of share some of mine as well. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think going back to, to Andrews, you know, I think I'm going to say this because I, my biggest concern with him was his blocking. We saw him come out of, you know, Oklahoma, very good pass catcher. Wasn't the best blocker. It's why he ended up going in the third round. He's really improved cam. Like, I don't think he's, it's not talked about enough. How much of a, how much of a better blocker he is. Uh, now than when he, you know, entered the league. And, you know, I know people will be like, well, obviously that makes sense. You know, you get better over time. That's not always true. Okay. (laughs) That's not always true. Um, So, you know, for anybody out there, that's a little worried about our guy, you know, Dalton Kincaid. Well, just remember, you know, Mark Andrews was that guy that was just drafted to be a pass catcher. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, you know, he's turned himself uh, into a really good all around tight end top three in the league. Number two for mm-hmm. me is George Kittle. And I'm going to make a really weird thing here. I think George Kittle could be number one. Mm-hmm. The reason I say that is the the injuries are, I think the one thing that holds me back from saying it. And obviously, you know what? Kelsey had 600 yards more than Kittle, yeah. which is insane. He also played two more games, but here's the point. Okay. Is George Kittle doing the same thing Kelsey's doing with Patrick Mahomes? How can we say he's not? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. Is, is Kelsey doing more than Kittle 
in the 49ers offense when you have guys like Ayuk and Debo and Christian McC- that's see it's it's like the the gray show on turf effect you know people want to hold oh well Marshall Falk didn't have as many touchdowns as Ladanian Tomlinson and Tomlinson yeah but Tomlinson was the offense Okay. (laughs) Tomlinson was the offense. He was the driving force of the San Diego chargers with Phillip rivers or Drew Brees, whatever you want to say. Marshall Falk, you can look at it one way. And I know people look at it the way of, well, Marshall Falk had Isaac Bruce taking away, you know, all the famers. (laughs) Yeah. Like he had Isaac Bruce. He had Tory Holt. You know, he had guys like that taking, you know, the, uh, the The attention away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is a good thing because it makes your life easier. But when we're talking in terms of statistical output, that hurts you. And so mm-hmm. my argument and keep in mind, you know, I mean, he's a championship cover, too, though. <laughs> we, we cover, you know, we have, we do a Rams podcast. So I'm talking about 49er here, giving him his props. Yeah. Now I may like this guy, but that's not the point. The point is I think Kelsey's the best. But I don't think it's it's unfair to say that, you know, I think Kittle could very well be in that conversation. If the roles were reversed, mm. Kittle having 1,300 yards is now the question because he had one of the greatest uh, tight end seasons ever. He broke a record his second year, you mm-hmm. know, and this is a fifth-round pick. So I don't think he gets enough credit for that either. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And Kelsey, outside of Patrick Mahomes, is the best player on that offense and defense as well. So at the end of the day, you get the ball to him, right? And and you talk about the 49ers, they have a lot of they got Christian McCaffrey now, Jake. So it's it's gonna be a lot so for Kittle, like you said. I think if he was in the Chiefs situation where he was with uh with, like with the Patrick Mahomes and the best player on that team, then I think he gets the love that that, that Kelsey gets. But it's tough. He has mad people that that he has to contend with to get the football in and actually get some shine. Absolutely. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, um, it, it's healthy to have this type of dialogue just to kind of shed some light. It's not hating on Kelsey because what he did, and he's my number one, uh, again, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns. But it's also fair to be like, hey, you know, George Kittle has had that output statistically before. Um, and he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball. As a matter of fact, I don't think he's ever had a top 15 quarterback throwing the football because I don't think Purdy's that yet. I don't think you could say, obviously, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo. He hasn't had a top 15 quarterback. So what he's been able to do without that, it's it's impressive. impressive. However, this is where I would have pushback because you can't take away from the results that are there. You can say, okay, maybe, but you can't take away from the results that were there. So I, I'm not trying to talk out of both sides of my mouth or anything, but Kelsey has literally had a thousand yards every single season since 2016. That is unheard of. And that also 2016, 2017, he didn't have Patrick Mahomes slinging him the rock. Patrick Mahomes took over in 2018 and that was by far his best season. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you mentioned it. He has one of the top 10 quarterbacks of all time, maybe 15 of all time, throwing him the football. So you're going to eat at the end of the day. And so that's that's a blessing. At the end of the day, Kelsey, Kelsey, he's my number one as well. Kittle, we can go back and forth, back and forth. But Kelsey just has a better situation. He is one of the better top 15 coach of all time, top quarterback of all time. So 
he's going to be number one. Like until one of those two pieces leave, like I think it would just point blank period. Um, Blocker wise, I take Kittle. I wanted to throw that out there. Okay, <laughs> yeah, he's a menace. He, he's a menace. He, he's he's grimy. He's gritty. Uh, but if I if the game was on the line and I need a dub, hey, it's hard to turn away Travis Kelsey, who's had a thousand yards every single year since 2016, and he's missed what two games, three games. Yeah. And like you said, it's one of the hardest positions to play. I mean, we talk about some of the best defenders covering the tight end like same thing for kelsey too like when he's on that football field like have two or have have your best coverage guy cover him he's gonna beat him <laughs> like it's yeah. just it's just tough like you're gonna have your best cover guy cover him but he's gonna beat him and you just have to deal with it so kelsey he's he's next level so that's my number one as well and i'm gonna jump back down to five um talk about kyle pitts being explosive um nasty i think next for me was dallas goddard as well um, we, we talk about Jalen Hurts being able to scramble. I think he's a perfect target for that, and he's benefited from it. Jake, we talk about if some of these players have entered the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, you got to put them in your top five or your top six because they didn't get there for no reason. Um, Jalen Hurts was able to get that bag because of a guy like Goddard who, who was able to you know be that valve, safety valve for him. So valuable target. Um, some of the notes I have for him is he's very shifty, Jake. A lot of times you see him kind of shaking people. He doesn't really look you know crazy elusive on the tape but i'm sure in person that game speed he's like you know he gives you that one two and he's by you so um and I, another note i have too he's he's always open jake one thing i realize he's always open so a lot of times when it comes to tight ends they do a good job of really baiting some of the linebackers like hey i'm gonna block but i'm really gonna go that way and then, then a lot of times within that piece a linebacker will lose his eye. So he's like, okay, this guy's blocking. Let me turn my eyes to the quarterback. And there you go, Goddard, wide open, 20-yard 20, 20 catch. He's shaking people and running. So I got him at my number five, Jake. Um, and then going up, I got I got TJ Hawkinson as well, right, going from the Lions to the Vikings. I have in my notes, he just has nasty-ass hands. <laughs> like His hands are like – are stupid. Like they just – they're just nasty. Um, you know, you see some of the catches he's diving and it, it like – fingertip catches and like teach tape things, things that you just put on the sizzle reel and like, Hey mom, I want a Hawkinson Jersey because he's catching the, I want to catch the football like Hawkinson. So he he's, he's a very talented uh, tight end. Like I said, crazy hands, um, big, making big plays after they looking to make big plays after they catch, you know, he has that, that Kittle and Kelsey big play mentality. Like, no, I'm not going to only go down here. I'm going to catch a football and I'm going to go run for a touchdown or I'm going to get a first down and, and push my team forward. So, um, TJ, I, I got him there. The next, Mark Andrews, like I said, he's looking like the mountain. Um, you mentioned him getting better at the blocking game. I think that's really important. We also talk about Lamar Jackson, the other highest-paid quarterback in the league. So who is he throwing to? He's throwing to a guy like Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews has been there for, for him for a long time, and um, he's blocking for him. He's catching for him. And so you you got to recognize these these players. When you got a great quarterback, who is he throwing to? Who is he finding success with? And it's a guy like Mark Andrews. Then Jake next. My man Kittle, my man Kittle, like I said, we already talked about this, but Kittle is second to Kelsey at this point. He's the best coach, um, top 15 coach, Hall of Fame coach. He's a top 15 quarterback of all time, Hall of Fame quarterback. So he's going to get that number one spot. Um, Kelsey, to see what he's done with his brother, I would say, you know, his own podcast is the superstardom that he brings to the game of football. Um, he he hosted SNL. Like he just does things that that are just next level. I mean, Kittle as well, great personality. Um, it, it, it pops through the screen; you could feel it. Um, but Kelsey I, the, has both guys. I mean, Kittle was at WrestleMania. 
Yeah, it, it was cool as I, I can see him being a wrestler, right? Kittle being a wrestler when he's finished playing. But I think they that's both what he's gonna great, do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they both have great personalities, Jake. Superstar personalities, and our league is in a great spot with tight ends like this. They they do they run tight end you. I know that's a lot of tight ends. Uh, Kittle they go to their their camp and and get right there. But our league, the NFL, is in great hands with tight ends like this. I think one of the more impre- impressive group of tight ends I think that we've seen in a, in a while. No, I, I agree. Um, you know, I think what makes it so great is that you have your your upper echelon. So you have your Kittle, you have your Kelsey, you have your Andrews. I think people want to just get rid of Kyle Pitts like he's nothing but and just forget about the season he had. But I'm not one of those people. I mean, I think that, you know, Kyle Pitts is somebody that, look, if he ends up leading the league in receiving this year, wouldn't shock me, right? You know, I think another thing that's important is you have a young quarterback. They're riding with Desmond Ritter, and he was my number one quarterback last year in the draft. So I I love it. I'm happy for him. Keep the young quarterback ecosystem alive and well. Don't give up on him. him. You know, yeah, I feel good about that, right? Like, you know, Mariota was the guy last year. You got Bijan in the backfield now. I think that's the thing is that, you know, Mariota was the guy last year. They ran kind of a different offense, uh, you know, at least with his mobility and everything. And I thought he played decently well and then kind of fell off a little bit, had injuries and whatnot. But no, I mean, Pitts, 2021, he had a thousand yards. Okay. His biggest issue is that he only had one touchdown. But I mean, are you worried about him scoring in the end zone? I'm not. I'm worried about him getting targets. I mean, he had 28 receptions last year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think to me, it's just the way he was utilized. And mm-hmm. some people would say, you know, you go out and you get a guy like Drake London. Maybe he does kind of similar things, stepped on his toes a little bit. Wouldn't be surprised. But now you get a whole off season to go back to the drawing board. If you're Arthur Smith, you have to know the type of guy that you have, you know, I'm not done with Pitts. The guy's freaking 22 years old. All right. Like, you know, he had a 15.1 yards per reception average in his rookie year. I mean, it's kind of unreal, Cam. It it really is. And so, you know, if he ends up being, he could be our number one receiver next year, a number one uh, tight end next year. We don't know. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I'm not out. And Pitts and Pitts coming out of, I remember seeing Pitts coming out of the draft. Uh, I was actually working the draft at, at that time. And it was so crazy, Jay, because with him, it was during the COVID time, right? I think his parents got sick on the flight and they weren't able to see him, you know, walk the stage. They had to watch him from a, a from their hotel room and he was able to see them through like his the video. And I think he's been through a lot, right? He's been through a lot, Jake. And I think, talk about that sophomore slump. Talk about that second year. And it, it's it's a thing with NFL players. Like after your that first year, the first year you get to the league, you're rocking and rolling, right? Like your people are behind you. And then once you get used to the league, then it's like, oh, snap. Like this is real. You know, I'm actually here. And so that's just a sophomore slump. But I do think this third year, Jake, we're going to see a different Kyle Pitts. We're going to see a better blocker, even a better catcher. And I do think when you talk about this Falcons team, they want to win, right? They got B. John in the backfield. So if they got a guy like B. John, they got Drake London, they got Kyle Pitts. Okay, how can we make this thing work? I think we, we discussed this a lot. We talked about the Raiders, you know, their defensive line situation. Like, how are they going to make that work? But it's like, hey, y'all get paid a lot of money to make these pieces work. And so if 
for Kyle Pitts, the fact that he didn't work last year, shame on the Falcons. Shame, shame, shame on y'all. Let's figure out how to make this, this get this going next year. You got you got Ritter, you got Heineke that are that can throw them the football. So if Ritter's not in, hey Kyle, go ahead and get some extra catches with, with Taylor right quick, you know, with Heineke and, and get it right. So I think Kyle, Kyle is he's only gonna get better. He has two, two, two quarterbacks back there that are gonna make him better. And then he has Bijan Robinson, who's gonna blow the top off, right? And and he's gonna be able to find some lanes to catch the football and, and make plays. So I'm not out on Kyle Pitts uh, either as well, Jake. So we talked, you know, we talked about both of our top tens. Um, we've talked about the top guys. Uh, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit to, you know, kind of a little bit towards the bottom of our top 10. Um, mm-hmm. You know, guys like Tyler Higby, guys like David and Joku, um, David and Joku. All right. Let, let's let's talk about him for a second. All right. He played 14 games last year, so he missed three. He ended up with 628 receiving yards uh, after missing three games. He had 58 mm-hmm. receptions at four touchdowns, and he was the seventh overall tight end, according to PFF. Uh, the grading system, which is subjective. It's not the Bible, but it's, <laughs> it, it's worth taking note, right? Um, this guy is 26 years old. He's right in the thick of his prime. I would feel very confident in saying as he gets that, you know, confidence, that chemistry, he gels a little bit with Deshaun Watson, who he probably only played, what, a few games with. We could see some mm-hmm. serious dividends. Like this guy can end up having over 800 yards this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, like you said, it's he's just getting better. He's getting better uh, year after year. Watson, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Watson, right, Jay? Because we talked about that on our on our quarterback, um, you know, write up. You know, before before everything happened with him in the offseason, he he was he was on on an incline here. So he made a big dip. And, and what does that look like? And I do think in Joku, his success and his progression is going to help Watson out. And that's only going to push things further. And we think about the backfield that they have as well, Jake. We talk about Nick Chubb being one of the better backs in the league. You say he's probably top one, top two. I'm sure if he opens up a few things, he can be that. But to have that type of backfield, to have that type of quarterback, and Joku has to eat, Jake. He has to eat, and I think he's only going to get better and better. Um, and, and we go and going back to Higby, you mentioned the injury piece. We we talk about just the Rams and the, some of the Titans that they brought that they brought on, right? With Hunter Long and what that looks like. I think Jake. I think this year Tyler Higby has the best year of his career. The reason why I say that. He has to make it happen. He, he, I think he's been on the Rams, I think, the longest. I'm, him and Aaron Donald might have been on the Rams for the longest. But Tyler Higby, he has to make it shake this year because I think teams are looking like, hey, is he going to be out of the league next or out of the league in a couple of years? I'm not sure. Is he going to be healthy? Is he not? So I think Tyler Higby this offseason, I, I had a chance to see him at Super Bowl, Jake. I mean, my man is looking yoked up next, looking, you know, just strong. He's ready to roll. But I think he's going to have to have the best year of this year because, like I said, what's the future look like for him, you know, coming out? Uh, you got some young guys coming in into this, to this league going to be cheaper. They're going to be faster. They're going to be healthy. And so Higby, he's going to have to make it shake this year, Jake. And I think he is. I think with Matthew Stafford coming back healthy, I think Matthew Stafford's going to be throwing him the football, getting him open. I think Sean McVay, he's going to revive himself from last year. I feel like I'm believing the Ram, on believing Rams podcast again, but I, I have high hopes for a guy like Higby as well in that, in that Rams offense, I think they're going to really open it up for him. And like I said, this is a year for him. This is the year. 
I, I agree. And, you know, I think, I mean, it's going to be really important because you don't have that number two receiver this year. I mean, you have Van Jefferson, but like normally, the, you know, you're used to having two guys that are pro bowlers, right? Uh, Van Jefferson is your third guy. So now it's like it's a huge opportunity for Van, but it's also a huge opportunity for Higby to once again kind of establish himself as that second option after Cooper Cup. Um, but you know who else it's also big for? Pat Fryermuth, who really took a huge step forward in year two, um, which is why he's on both of our, you know, rankings. And, you know, I, I think the the thing with Fryermuth is that it's only going to get better for him. When you have a young quarterback, you know, he's, he's not Aaron Rodgers. He, he's, he's not Tom Brady. Um, you know, Kenny Pickett is learning the game. Okay. He, he's learning at the NFL level and he's showing you signs that he could be a really good quarterback, but he's not there yet. Okay. And when you see Friar Muth, you know, come up with 732 yards receiving last year, you know, that tells me that this guy's getting better. And that's a really good sign to see second round tight end at a position that, Hey, the, the, the sophomore slump is real. We just talked about with Pitts, but to see him get better and also let's keep in mind, look at how many weapons the Steelers have. I mean, that's, it goes back to our argument, right? Yes, it takes, you know, attention away, but those guys are also taking stats, if you will, away from Fry. So, mm-hmm. you know, Fry's trying to eat, but then it's like, well, Najee Harris, and you got Jalen Warren in the backfield, and they used him a decent amount. And then, oh, by the way, we just added Darnell Washington. And, oh, by the way, we just added Allen Robinson, and Calvin Austin's coming back. We got Deontay Johnson here, and we got George Pickens here. It's a lot, you know? And so yeah. I think with Fryermuth able to still come out, you know, with, you know, that 700 mark, and I think he's going to extend that even more this year. It's it says a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah. You talked about tight end is the quarterback's best friend, so he has a young quarterback. And a lot of times, if he can't go to Allen and get, and get you know make sure that he's open to throw the football, well, hey, that check down is going to be right there for Fire Move. And then we talk about the the big boy from UGA that's now going to the Steelers as well, right? So he's six seven, so he has so many different options. A lot of times. You know, when it comes to the offense, you're going to see a lot of 21 personnel, right? Two tight ends and one running back because you have two monsters that can hold it down. You can line up, up on, on opposite sides, the same sides, and you got Najee in the backfield, Jake. It's going to be a dangerous Steelers team. We talked about who won that trade between the Rams and the Steelers, and just even talking through it, just talking through their positions, it's like, whoa, these guys are stacked. They make the playoffs every year. So, yeah, they're going to be cooking, I think, when it comes to the Steelers, they're going to be a team to watch out for, right? We talk about our, our our rankings. I know this this week and next week we're going through all of our rankings, but the Steelers, that's a team to really – they might be a sleeper. They might be an honorable mention, but best believe next year, I think they're going to break that top ten with uh, with flying colors. So, um, you know, hey, they're, they're cooking. And, Jake, I want to talk about something really quick. I want to go back to Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Um, I want to speak about how they're going to figure out how to use him in that in that offense, right? In that, that Cowboys offense. Um, Jake, remind me the, the Cowboys, um, their tight end pick. Um, who, who did they pick um, at that position? Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. Yes. Our guy Schoonmaker. So what's that going to look like for that offense? You got CD lamb, you got, um, you know, a, a elusive backfield, right? With Pollard back there. Um, how does, how does everyone fit? What is Schultz? What is, Things, what do things look like for Schultz? What do things look like for Shoemaker? How is Dak Prescott kind of going to to navigate that? 
Well, we, uh, I, I, you forgot already. Uh, Texans. That's right. Dollar Show went to Texas. I'm sorry. Dollar hey, I don't blame you. They're both in Texas. That is totally <laughs> normal. Uh, no, what I, actually, you bring up a good point, and I don't even know if you realize it, but, um, you know, this past year, okay, there's a guy by the name of Jordan Akins out of UCF who, you know, he's had his moments and there have been times where he's kind of been pushed out of you know the way, but he's a good tight end. Um, PFF actually had him graded top 10, you know, tied mm-hmm. with, with Waller, but it, it, there's more to it than that. Had almost 14 yards per reception average, had almost, you know, 500 yards receiving. And this, this brings me to an interesting thing is that Akins, you have him and you go out and you get Schultz. It's like, it's interesting because it's like, man, would you, would you have almost been better just riding with Akins, you know, with a, with a new quarterback, with a better plan a, approach, if you will? Um, I, I don't know the answer to that, but it, it you know, it does raise that, that question. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I think Akins is a, a solid player. Now, the problem is I don't, I don't think they even brought him back. Because I, I remember they went out. They they have uh, they have Brevin Jordan, who they you know they drafted, um, you know back in twenty twenty one, but I don't think they brought him back. And it, it's going to be Dalton Schultz. So, um, you know that that's that's kind of interesting there. But having that young quarterback, and we talk about all the time, right? The the safety net. It is so important for a young quarterback to have a tight end that you can really rely on and can be there and Mm -hmm. I can just dump it off. And I know this guy's going to come down with it. Schultz is that guy. Yeah. You know, he really is. So I'm not going to have to worry about that. If I'm a, if I'm a young quarterback, um, one thing I wanted to bring up and you know, this is a topic that, you know, we'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Who are some tight end names we haven't discussed that could make it into this top 10 because, I think there are some names that come to my head. I mean, Trey McBride at Arizona certainly is an option um, just off the fact that, you know, your guy Clayton Toon could end up playing this year with Kyler Murray on the pine uh, injured. Mm-hmm. Jawan Johnson in New Orleans, they didn't go out and really get anybody. They got Foster Moreau, also him, you can mention, um, but they don't really have, you know, a, a top-notch tight end and takeaway opportunities. You got Cade Otten from, you know, your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. um, Irv Smith, you know, I, I don't know. There, there are some interesting guys out there, um, you know, that I think, especially, you know, the, the, the rookies, right. I mean, yeah. Kincaid, you know, what does that look like? I know he's, he's, he's coming in hot, right. Coming in hot. So I think we're going to find him at the top a bit. Um, who else Jake uh, in the draft do we think, is going to make a splash. That's going to, that's, that's not on this list list yet, but it's going to make a splash this year. So I think he could make a splash. Um, and, and I would, I would probably go with, uh, Michael Meyer. Uh, you know, he's Ooh. now with the Raiders. He takes over. I thought Foster Moreau had a pretty good season last year, but they moved on from him. Um, so now, you know, it'll be him. And so I think he has a shot 
And, you know, they're... Sam La- I like Sam Laporta, Jake. I like oh, Sam, Sam Laporta. Duh, he's my number one tight end in this draft. Yeah, I think <laughs> Laporta is going to explode, to be honest with you. I'm glad you brought him up. I don't know how. I, I think it's just because there's so many names. You-, you don't want to forget guys, and then you put too many guys out there, and that's not as... Yeah, but no, Sam Laporta with Jared Goff, that offense, what they were able to do with Brock Wright. I, I just think at the end of the day, when you have an offensive coordinator like Ben Johnson who can put guys in position to succeed like that. Uh, I mean, look at, you know, James Mitchell, you know, the, the rookie last year didn't get a lot of playing time, but when he played, he looked good. And then you got Zilstra. So I think you, you take those three guys and I think Laporta is better than all three. Although I really do like Mitchell. Laporta could have like, we're talking potentially a thousand yard season um, because think about this cam. Jamison Williams suspension because of the gambling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Laporta has a chance to right away insert himself as a top option and not really worried about being buried by guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that Jake. I like that a lot, but going back to going back to Kincaid, I'm just looking at it. I'm thinking about Josh oh, Allen. Yeah. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking about the dig digs brother. I think Kincaid and we think about, the, the owners meeting, how they're like, hey, Josh, got to gotta throw the ball, got to throw the ball. I think Dalton Kincaid can get Feather Rock so much. Like, he might not even want all those damn catches, all that attention, but I think he's going to get Feather Rock so much that um, that he's going to jump on this board, I think, maybe the quickest out of most people, I think. Um, I, you know, hey, halfway through the season, I'll let, let's see how, how things go. Another person I want to look out for, Jake, Tucker Craft, right, going to Green Bay. That's someone I think – Green Bay has always done well with their tight ends. Uh, we talk about Kraft being crafty. Um, we talked about how South Dakota State used used Kraft, how they use how the Chiefs use Kelsey, kind of like behind the scrimmage running the Wildcat. So I'm curious to see how the Green Bay Packers are going to use Tucker Kraft. Um, you know, they they have a couple of tight ends in that in that tight end room. So I think it'll be it'll be quite interesting, right? Who's going to get the rock? They're going to see a lot of maybe thirteen. Uh, let's see, thirty uh, one tight end, three running backs. So yeah. 31 personnel, right? Three tight ends and one running back, right? Let's run it up, see see what happens. But um, I, I like to see kind of what, what he's going to do this year at the Packers. Yeah, I think Kraft is probably your best bet because I think Musgrave was all about ceiling. I think Kraft is more NFL ready, um, mm-hmm. which sounds kind of funny coming from South Dakota State. But hey, can we knock South Dakota State at this point with Dallas Goddard? Uh, right. No, we cannot. So, um, right. yeah, no, I, w- I would say that look out for Luke Musgrave. Um, down the road. I think he has a chance to be really good. He's got a really high ceiling. Another guy to look out for who we really haven't talked about at all, um, but he used to be a pretty big name coming out of Penn State. They they put out good tight ends. We already talked about one of them. Mike Kosicki. He's going to the Patriots. You know, yeah. I, I'm not sure where his, his future lies, but this is this is a good opportunity for him. With that mm-hmm. offense, Mac Jones, I, I don't know. I think Gasicki is an athlete. And at the end of the day, being around Belichick and so forth, I think he could have a surprising little season over it. Yeah. And he's he's been forgotten about. Yeah, he's going to walk the same hallways that Gronk did, right? So when he steps in that building, he's like, okay, I'm going to be expected to play like Gronk, right? <laughs> Not expected, but... At the end of the day, when you step on the when you step in that same locker room, you're gonna think that you're gonna be the next best tight end. And it's unfortunate, you know, the best tight end is in Gronkowski walked through there. But 
yeah, I think this would be a, a great time for him to step up. You talked about Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches in the league, right? Talk about Hall of Famers, like he might be number two or number one. <laughs> like, and so that's always going to be a blessing. But, Jake, one thing I want to realize too and recognize is as players are thinking about these trades and are shifting and moving, this could be this could be their moment to to revive their career. We talk about kind of some of the quarterbacks who revived their career last year, the Baker Mayfield, some some of these other players. But you know, for the people that are listening, that are you know watching off the edge, a lot of these players were, were listing and these honorable mention pe- people that were listing. These are the sleepers. These are the guys that we can see. Hey, next year really stepping up and making it happen. We talk about going back to the, even the Kyle Pitts. That kind of sticks in my mind the most is people that you think that you think you're sleeping on now or that you know you're sleeping on now. Just, just, just watch out because next year we can see them really, really skyrocketing. Kyle Pitts, he might be the mo- the best sleeper or the best, uh, the most improved I think on this list, Jake, um, because he he has a lot of room to grow. Like we talked about, the offense he's behind. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, sleep on Kyle Pitts at your own uh, peril. I guess. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't do it personally, yeah. but. I mean, to each their own, I guess, uh, if, if you want to be wrong, that that's, that's cool too. Sam right. Laporta as well. Number mm. one tight end in this draft, in my opinion, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening, but, um, yeah, before we uh, end this thing, we just want to give a special happy birthday to a kicker. We have a punter yes. before, uh, that was Pat McAfee. So we're going to give a shout out. Happy birthday, 48 year old Matt Bryant, uh, okay. who kicked for over, uh, he kicked four, uh, 241 games, 20 years across the Giants, the Bucks, the Falcons, Indy, Miami, uh, pro bowler in his own right. Underrated, I would say. He deserves a, a special shout out and a happy birthday. So happy birthday yeah. uh, to Matt Bryant. Matt Bryant. Hey, kickers have souls too, Jake. Punters <laughs> have souls too. So happy birthday, my man. <laughs> so on that note, be sure to uh, like, subscribe, comment, rate, review, wherever you are consuming uh, this content. Be sure to follow my guy at Cameron Lynch 50 on Twitter. Be sure to follow me at JK Bogan. Follow the show at off the edge show. We'll be back soon, but until next time, guys, you guys take care and uh, we'll see you guys.